Listening to Cannabis Corner on WNHHLP 103.5 FM, broadcasting live from downtown New Haven. We are streaming live on TuneIn Radio and NewHavenIndependent.org. We're also streaming live video on Facebook. Just go to Facebook.com slash New Haven Independent or go to your Facebook page and, and look us up. You can also hit C first to hear all the great programs we have here on W. N-H-H-L-P, and Cannabis Corner is also streaming live on ProCannabisMedia.com and on Greenhaven Media Facebook page. Okay, it is Monday, May the 12th, 2023. I'm your host, Joe Lachance. I am awaiting the arrival of my co-host and my first guest, Jason Ortiz. Um, but in the meantime, I just wanted to, we are going to be, off, I wanted to let everybody know we're going to be off the air next week, um, because of Juneteenth. So I wanted to, um, uh, you know, since we're not going to be on the air, I wanted to wish everybody a happy uh, and healthy Juneteenth. Um, so it's nice to have a day off and I hope everybody goes out and, uh, celebrates because it's a very important day and and uh for all aspects of our culture but anyway this show's about weed and um I'm br- i was bringing jason on today because the legislative session ended on the 9th which was of course friday now they got most of the bills voted on i think they got them all voted on and certain ones passed, and certain ones didn't, and certain ones are going to have heavy implications on not only the cannabis industry, but the CBD and hemp industry as well. And um, I just wanted to go over everything with Jason, because obviously being where I am, I'm not as up on things as I was, but I do know this. I do know that the prisoner bill that Jason and the Canna Warriors was working very hard on um, did not pass. Now, and this is why I want to have him on. I want to know the reasons and I want to know who, uh, you know, who, I mean, was this a Republican thing? Was it just the fact that the bill wasn't written correctly? Was there things they didn't like about it? I don't know. But and this is what I want to find out. But the other bill, uh, Jason's coming on right now, uh, that I wanted to discuss. There he is. Jason, how are you? I'm good. Busy <laughs> week in drug policy yet again. <laughs> yes. Now it's time, I guess, to move up to the federal side, right? <laughs> that's one way to look at it and we have a lot to talk about on that as well actually a little discussion around rescheduling versus descheduling seems to be ahead of us oh all right well let's talk about connecticut first sure. i said earlier uh, in the intro there that the session ended yes on the ninth <laughs> that was it last friday was the end of the session it was quite a uh interesting one to say the least probably more interesting even than the legalization one um yeah. Definitely more down to the wire. <laughs> yeah. So a few bills did pass and a couple bills did not pass. And I was mentioning that the bill that you were working pretty heavily on, yeah. which was the release of more cannabis prisoners, more cannabis 
you know, convictees from either out of jail or from their sentences, you know, their felonies. Uh, and that did not pass. Mm-hmm. Now, to me, that was a no brainer. That was something that almost everybody should be able to get behind both parties because it's going to free up our prisons. Yes, it might be a little burden on the legal system in the beginning with paperwork, but still, in the end, it's going to free up our legal system and it's going to free up our prisons and our jails. And it's going to let more people go out and be productive taxpayers. Let's be real. You're not paying taxes in jail for the state of Connecticut and productive workers, productive people out there in community, because these are not hardened criminals. These are cannabis people. So I want to know what what were the given reasons by whoever voted no and whoever the opposition was, why this bill didn't pass? So one thing to know about the U.S., sorry, the Connecticut legislature is that it is time limited. And so it actually ends at 11.59 p.m. on the 9th every time. And so, you know, basically you can think of it as like Cinderella story, right? Like at midnight, they all turn to pumpkins (laughs) and, and can no longer make laws. So there wasn't a debate on the bill at all. So it wasn't that anybody voted no or yes, or that there was any verbalized opposition. It just simply didn't get called for a vote. So what that means is that it wasn't high enough up the agenda for the various folks that were coming up with a go list, as they say, and consent calendars. And so that is leadership, right? That's Gary Winfield, Senator Bob Duff, and Senator Martin Looney are the leadership of the Senate. And those are the folks that could have called it and chose not to. Uh, and so, you know, they're to their credit, I'll start <laughs> right. The, the Republicans were filibustering the housing bill, which, you know, unrelated. To I Kansas. saw that. Uh, yeah. So, you know, Senator Rob Sampson and other folks talked for eight hours. And so when you have a session that's say 12 hours long, any amount of filibustering means bills are going to die that don't get on the agenda fast enough. And they were really fighting over whether or not local towns uh can be told by the state how much affordable housing they have to have and so the republicans are fighting to keep local control around affordable housing where the democrats had a much bigger housing bill and one part of it was it would force a lot of communities to open up some amount of affordable housing and what affordable housing amounts are seen as you know appropriate you know for the various right so various communities right our bill died on the vine in part because they were fighting over other things the entire time. And, you know, and Rob Sampson made it very clear, I'm going to keep talking until midnight, (laughs) until we get what we want. And so it is, you know, within their power to use that tactic, because when you're in the minority, you don't have a whole lot of leverage, right, other than you can go up there and talk a lot. And so it started to get a bit messy when we started to hit like 9, 10 p.m., uh, where folks were trying to move things in and Whole debate on this one, have another list over here. So, you know, I would say most of the folks would blame the other party, right? So the Democrats are going to say, oh, we couldn't pass it because Republicans were filibustering. The Republicans will say, well, they could have passed it if they wanted to, uh, which is true. Um, but we won't have any real concrete reason why it didn't happen outside of what we're able to talk to folks that were on the inside making those decisions. But for the most part, there was no vote for or against it. It simply did so it's- the agenda. So it's something that you could bring up again next year. Yes. Oh, definitely. For sure. Um, yeah. and, you know, it is one of these things that like they did pass the industry bill. So they did. Yeah. Tell me about that one. Right. So like as a legislature, they did prioritize making sure the businesses had what they need while leaving people in prison to watch the industry develop. Right. Yeah, yeah. right? right. And so whether or not they voted for or against it, they definitely did prioritize profit over people like right. that, is, which is 100% clear. Typical. Unfortunately, right. yes, it is. Yeah. Typical. I mean, let's be real now. In these days, we can't even fool ourselves. Right. Um, so, so tell us about that bill. Yeah. 6699 <laughs> was the major bill. It had lots of different things in it, to be clear. Um, the ombudsman piece was still in there by the end of it. Also, all of the restrictions on CBD, high THC, hemp-derived products, all of that remained in the bill where you will, moving forward, only be able to get those products from dispensaries. 
but that does mean that anybody that had a head shop, a CBD shop, any of those stores that were selling hemp derived products will have to destroy or sell all of their product before October 1st. They did extend the deadline by a few months, but that is a major blow to a lot of our smaller operators that were trying to figure out how they could get in the space, maybe operate a small shop before things really got going, figure out what they want to do. And now they are going to be crushed under the weight of the MSOs and, you know, just the established operators. So folks won't be able to get, uh, you know, hemp derived products. Now, partly it's because hemp derived products were getting flooded into gas stations. Right. We had a lot of people complaining about that because it was kind of wacky that you could get a 10,000 milligram package from a gas station. But like the dispensaries had harsher limits, um, but they went pretty you know, full overboard in the other direction of making it where only the established operators in the cannabis regulatory scheme are able to handle all of it of, of any kind. Now, yeah, it is, was, uh, I it just was, want, yeah, go ahead. Luan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I was here for, you know, so I appreciate Jason so much for sharing that. And it's tough because it's something that, yes, it was intended for the gas stations, but the amount of, Head, let's call them head shops or Zaza shops as they're called. Because right. if you walk around, they're they're not called head shops anymore. You're literally walking. It's, we'll use New York as an example versus saying anything that's going on in Connecticut. But you walk through New York and there's a Zaza shop, 18 of them on the block. You can literally walk past Soho and walk past the large window with plants in full view. You know, and it's tough because, yes, I would love all of that to be able to happen. And I'm cool with it for my kids. Like, my kids seeing plants isn't a big deal to me. Somebody else, though, because I do get this complaint from a lot of people that I know. Bro, I'm not into the cannabis, and I really don't want my kids walking to school. And it's literally right there because they don't have the 3,000-foot rule they don't have a lot of the regulations that kept i'm never going to say kept the community safe because there's you don't see a piece of plant grabbing a gun and committing crimes it's not the plant's fault um but it, it's troublesome to some parents as they walk through and they're mm -hmm. like bro there's a full grow in full display as i'm walking my seven-year-old to school i'm like good they learned about entrepreneurship. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, Pushing the yeah, limits. Not like, the it's, not like it's not going to come up in their lifetime. You know, I mean, they're right. living in a legal state now. Right. And I'm saying this is New York. This isn't happening. In sure. But listen, if I go, I hate going to head shops now. I absolutely hate going to, like, I have to go find, I have to order my papers and my tips and all that other stuff from the internet now. Because when I walk in, I'm getting solicited every time. Yo, I got it for the low. I'm like, I grow it. So <laughs> how, low it is what it, how low can you go? You know what I mean? And then you pick it up and you're like, this is trash. Yeah. I've even, and I'm the guy that 100% will buy it from all of these individuals. Somebody stops me as I'm picking up wraps or whatever at the store. I'm they're like, yo, I got it. Word. Let me get a slice. Yeah. You know what I mean? Word. Let me get a slice. Buzz it down. Then I grab it and I'm like, whoa, this is DA. This is hemp sprayed with DA or this is, yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, you know, or I'll smoke something. And then I'm, I'm like, wow, this really wasn't flushed. 80% of cannabis consumers do not have the same acumen as our immediate group of friends, acquaintances, associates, business right. associates. And it's, and this is just where you're like, wow, wait a second. And you start to realize the mass amount of individuals consuming cannabis who do not know the difference between a hot hemp and a low strain cannabis strain. No. We're and mixing I, words. It's all one plant. It's all one plant. And, it's all the I'm same exact plant. I'm in New London and like, yeah, you know, I know a lot about all these laws and I will go to my gas station and be like, what is this? <laughs> like there's right. I see it here. You know, I better mean, like get THC here. I'm just like, this is yeah. nuts, right? Like it's just a very bizarre thing uh, that that's happening. And it is unfortunately like this is with all laws. It's not just this one, but like 
you end up penalizing the folks that were trying to follow the rules when you make new rules. Like, I don't know, these gas stations are going to stop, but you know, they're not, you know, no, they won't. And the head shops will though, because they want to be compliant. And And that's a problem with law. (laughs) I wanted to just clarify one thing. Now, does this only include Delta A, HHC, THCO, or does it include all CBD products too? Like, I can't CBD, go and buy CBD, some CBD tincture C- anymore. Correct. I don't think so. Correct. Uh, unless it's made with isolate. Ugh. That's the difference. So that's the problem that's there. It has it's to that, be like uh, zero THC then. Right. That was the, that's the issue. So, so anybody who's been selling CBD has to reformulate. Well, realistically if you're selling it you should be getting it from some type of um local provider so those that are in state like i know at least for the hemp side i have compliant recipes i have compliant edibles i have compliant tinctures i have compliant um processed items because we have all the thc and extra cannabinoids removed during the isolation process so as we sell isolate we're able to make compliant program products and there are other hemp providers. They got ahead of this. That yeah. did get ahead of it, you know, because I'll give a huge shout out to our good friends over at Sweet Hill. They have an entire line of Connecticut compliant products. You know what I mean? So it doesn't, it doesn't take the, it doesn't take much to become compliant, but it's not the same effectiveness on the product. You know what I mean? Sure. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. Anything that comes from isolate is not as effective. Full spectrum yeah. is always and, better. And it right. just it also just limits generally what can be created. <laughs> right. Know? Yeah. Exactly. It is it is a, a major shift, right? It's like it's not a 100 percent ban, but it's like a 99.5 percent. Exactly. Right? Like, it's and, like, oh, let's get rid of all the stuff that works and then. Because even isolate products, that's what you give the individual who's looking to break into the space who can't, who still has to take some type of drug test that still has to be, you know, and then at that, you have to make it like a 7,000 milligram uh, tincture or something like that. It costs more, isolate is more expensive. We're going to see in September a bunch of buy now parties because there's just so much products already been produced. Like, what do we do with all that, right? Well, you know, but as a manufacturer, you can't sell it out of state. So that's another thing, you know, manufacturers should now be taking this time to get into the dispensaries and to get into things that are opening up, which is still tough because that's still, that's still a monopoly of the same five companies. Like my dispensaries won't be open for another six months. Um, Canard would find federal is the only social equity dispensary open. Like I'm, and then at that, what real contracts are you able to get? I've been trying to get a contract with the dispensaries for years just to create some type of cbd product you know what i mean so and then it's you're still really you're competing tough. with full thc flour and everything else in the dispensary like th- those products is going to be a tough sell you know like there'll be some folks that want just that so if you're already going into the dispensary <laughs> right like right. i i you know obviously i have different consumption habits than most but it is hard to think about wanting to spend serious amounts of money on CBD products that's if I'm true. already in the dispensary. <laughs> and that's where people that are in the dispensary, they're lacking the CBD products because the manufacturers are not looking to create those items. Right. You know, now it has now the only client base that you really have is from the pharmacists that are actually saying, hey, you should be taking 200 milligrams of CBD in the morning, 200 so milligrams of CBD at night. You should be doing it by way of tincture. You, you know what I mean? So these are individuals that have, you know, actually... Uh, medical plans now through the pharmacist and that's such a small amount of the individuals going to the pharmacy but we've been able to maintain you know clientele that get referred over by pharmacists because the dispensaries don't have the product for sale and it's tough and our next guest uh from luna's cauldron they also have you know they're working on a lot of that same stuff so it's hard to see a lot of these businesses in the cbd space which are a minority or legacy run really get hammered by this law so it's hey my brother my brother owns it my brother's been doing real well with that stuff now what's he gonna do now i wanted to talk about one other aspect of this bill how does this affect clones seeds and all that so in other words 
Now with homegrown coming in July, does this affect any people who want to sell clones or give away clones or sell seeds? So what I'm trying to say is, can these people like maybe substitute those products? Well, they should be put a those products sell in their seeds. True. That's the way I look at it. Um, sure, no, I don't be, believe I think they have to be. Right. They don't have to be at all. I think that they should at least be some type of home grower to know what they're doing or have people that are reputably known as growers. It shouldn't right. any Stock of that because be, they're put just like plants. a kiosk in there. Right, right, right. That would be a yeah. nice way for both genetic folks and head shops to get together well, and it'll spread the Joe, amount of seeds out there. Joe, you know, there's a, there's a, and you know, maybe Jason, you might agree or not agree, but ultimately the idea of the, so we take the term legacy, which has now been defined by any individual that's been in that has commercialized the act of cannabis right. five years before the legalization of that state. Guilty um, as charged. So Where did that definition come from? The Justice Cheryl Powell put that, submitted that definition in. And now that's the definition that New York's running with. Or through the Just Us Foundation and the Legacy Operators. Five Fund. years before legalization. Yeah, some way, somehow, and that's yeah. that. Yeah. Right. So New York's asking individuals to actually go in and get their records and deal with that PTSD. That was so that was the topic of our conversation at um Can. Well, so there was a couple of things going on. So that when that comes in, that's like, you know, that's a definition. Somebody that's been operating in the space, you know, ultimately. Um, once again, all of us here are guilty as charged in that in that role. We have all kind of been doing it before it was legal. But then you see a ton of people who, as it turned legal, flip yeah. their switch. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then take the claim of legacy or something like that. And I have totally my own agree. issues with that. Yeah, you know, everybody's yeah, I agree. different. Everybody's got a different. I have a personal issue with that because the <laughs> amount of people that have turned on their doors they don't have the same. I guess that same dedication to the smugglers guild or the, you know, the, I, I understand you know. what you, I just yeah, want to know yeah, how yeah. does anybody prove any of this? Well, yeah. 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 Well, I got busted more, five I got years arrested ago. more than five years. That's where it kind of goes into, well, how do you want to, you know, do you really want to ask somebody? Yeah. Come on. The skull, the, the skulls on my, on my head and the spider webs on my arms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that, and that's my struggle with the whole like trying to codify legacy in the law is I yeah. don't think you can actually do that. Yeah, that's a kind of weird. I, I definitely think you can. So that's the thing. How? Because, well, that's call it an honor system or whatever it is. You can't Those have the an individuals honor in the law, bro. Like that bro, doesn't they, work. They, they don't go I, together. So honor and law. Go no. Like, <laughs> and, and that you're right. And this is where those individuals that started with the legal market, when it became legal and take the claim of legacy, automatically create those enemies. Because yeah. those that have been in it, and this is where I've been in it, I've got 20 years in the game before it went legal. Yeah, I mean, yeah Criminal, yeah. the whole nine. And then when I'm seeing individuals come in, and this is the same thing with those who take advantage of the legal market, who just come in with backers and say cool it's all right i'm just i yep, got a ton yep, of yep, money yep. I'm and do. pretend they're social equity applicants or, or not even that these are the individuals that are that qualify through a zip code you don't see them at all you see their backers at things you yes, know what i mean okay. i, I right. go to all these events and <laughs> it's social equity and i'm the only yeah you're person. a big part of this people don't understand that you know what i mean and then like we have individuals that their families were affected then we have individuals that haven't been affected at all. Like there's some licenses with people that's like, oh, I put my grandmother's name on it and I got a funding from all my, my homies. And I'm like, oh, that's absolutely yeah. horrible. Like, yeah. what do you I mean? It's a bad idea to joint. try to put legacy into the law, though, because it's not a right. Real I'm, I'm completely I'm completely about the putting in the law part. But there has to be some type of definition on what legacy is. And I yeah. like and that, that I agree. And that's. That wow. should be also defined amongst the community as well. And, you know, hey, but you're right, Lou. You bring up a good point. We saw it happen in Connecticut. When it became legal, you had, I, I, I'm going to use the term, a lot of carpetbaggers yep. come in and you would see them at these events. And you know what? 
end up being the biggest troublemakers because yeah. they don't know how it works. They haven't been here. They do not know how the community works. They do not know how to operate within the legacy, established legacy community. And therefore, they become problems. They That's become the best word the I can use. In honesty. And we you saw it happen people, in Connecticut. And, I, and, and, you know, this is a very public conversation, a very public space. But coming from this space, it's you start see, and this is what happened in Connecticut, you start seeing those legacy operators, the ones that have been doing it for a long time, who have created very large networks, take a huge step back because now your clients are sitting here saying, yo, I want to be the plug too. Yep. All right, cool. Oh, it's yep. legal. Yep. 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 Oh, well, well, it's yeah. legal. It's legal. And now I, I'm yeah. going to make noise and I'm going to push and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And do you not respect the legacy that this comes from? Like do, the smugglers guilds, yeah, the, they don't. the pirates, the... The whole idea of black market, like you, a lot of people just don't get that. They don't know what it is to drive 10 hours with 30 pounds in your trunk, really worrying about what's going on. Now they, they try do. to do those and then it's, oh, well, it's legal. No, it's still illegal. Do yeah, you know for that. how hard your butt clenches when you drive through New Hampshire from Massachusetts to Maine? That 15 yeah. minutes was the scariest 15 minutes for most of us for years. Crossing the border know that. from Mass to Connecticut a sure. few years ago was even tough. But Listen, before I, we all get ourselves in trouble. Yeah, I was like, I just think this is a, it, it's a bad idea to codify legacy. Like, I think there's a lot of ways it could go really bad for us. Like, we can try to get benefits for folks that have been impacted. But that particular term, you're going to have folks manipulate the shit out of that. Like, if we're talking about, like, folks were in operation a few years ago, the cartels are legacy. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. have those folks included in that. They've been going for a long time from all different places. And I don't think you want the law enforcement, when you bring it into the law, right, that means the police are going to enforce who is and is not legacy. And that's what's happening in New York. And that's where yeah. I see some real serious problems, where if that definition comes down in a way that doesn't make sense, you know, folks that were operating prior that we didn't know, right, that doesn't mean that they weren't operating. And yeah. how that person or those folks get mixed in with folks that we already know gets real messy real fast. And I don't want the folks that have the police on their side to be able to say, well, Jason didn't file his legacy paperwork correctly. So you're not legacy. I am. And that's what happens if we have some definition that yeah, let's go before a state government. And let's be real. Connecticut would take it to the extreme. Sure. I want to continue this conversation. Jason, you cool to hang for a little bit? Yeah, yeah. I want to bring on Denise Barr. Yeah. And Den yeah. Denise is the owner of um, Luna Wolf, Luna's Cauldron, and she is also known as the Luna Queen Alpha. And it is a Latino owned and operated holistic wellness company that makes everyday wellness products for sleep remedies, anxiety support, pain and muscle recoveries, and much, much more. So, Denise, how are you? Denise? I know she's here. See you, but we can't hear you. There you are. Are you speaking? Yeah, because she's not even muted. Uh, there's the wolf man. Good to see you. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, oh, now we lost him. Can argue about legacy for a minute until we get him back. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, she's kind of well, she, you know, Denise has been doing this a while. These guys were selling CBD since it became legal these lou i know you know these people very well and jason you do too and i do as well and you know they're going to be affected by this they're going to be oh, affected yeah. by this new law and i want to talk to them about it denise there she is hey, back. Hello, there you are you are back do you have you uh the wolfman oh there you are do you have uh the wolfman oh there you are i do yeah hello <laughs> there you are there you are <laughs> I got a little bit of an echo. I don't know why. I don't know why. Could be the you guys, computer. You guys. There we go. Is, is that better? Can you hear us? Yeah. 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 Oh. Okay. Cool. I still got the I echo, but the I don't echo, know if you guys can hear it. Okay. So we, we were just so we were just speaking about speaking these about new laws these that new came laws in. That came um, Jason, you still there, Jason, right? You still there, right? Yeah, yeah there you I'm, go. Still here. I'm still here. 
So you guys, you guys operate Luna's operate Cauldron, Luna's which, is store, which is a store, right? Correct. We're over in uh, Bridgeport. I work for Captain's Cove. Yeah, we're on the boardwalk right next to the lighthouse. Okay, and okay. you guys, and you guys um, um, have been operating, have been and, operating selling and selling CBD products, CBD products for quite a while quite now, a while. right? Not only right. CBD, Not but CBD, also but other also holistic other products. products. Yeah, I want to say it's been about three to four years now. So we do everything from uh, topical pain relief, essential oils, salves, some pet care, beverages, smokables, edibles, pretty much anything you could think of. So... so and you also and do you events. Also do events. Yeah, I'm still getting, yeah, I'm still that, getting feedback. that feedback. Maybe we can oh, close that and move. Hold on, let me try. Maybe. Yeah, he, yeah he, producer says producer you need to shut off anything in the background. Anything in the background. So do you have the show playing on Facebook or on your phone? No, no, I think Is that better? Should... Yes. yes. It's gone. Okay, okay yeah. It, it, that was the, the wind it's from... Still, it's still echoing? Yeah, it's still yeah, it's echoing. Still echoing. Uh, should we close out and come back in? You could try. Yeah, go ahead. Give it a try. Yeah. I can kind of yeah. reset my go brain. Ahead, give it a try. Yeah. Okay, I one sec. I can kind of reset my brain. You got it. Give me one sec. Okay. So what it sounds like is that they have something playing that's the mic is picking up the feedback. Yeah. But yeah, that's what Harry said. So they've been doing this about four years. They've been at least my client for about four years, and they were doing holistic, um, holistic items beforehand. And they, I know that one thing that I like about it, and I'll bring this up about what they got going on is they use a different audience um, than what typically is happening. You don't see them necessarily at the at cannabis focused events. They they are part of like the craft brew uh, community. You know, yeah, I, mean? I wanted to mention that when she comes so, back on, we'll talk about that. Yeah. So that's a whole different community that a lot of people aren't even part of, or that maybe they cross sector that. You know what I mean? Because, you know, we have people that do all different types of events, and we have some people in the cannabis community that shame the act of having a drink or something like that, and others that in, embrace it. You know what I mean? So there's all different cross sectors when it comes to cannabis. This is another one of those examples that everybody smokes weed. Just yeah, as a everybody. matter of fact, you, they're back now. Try it. See if we get feedback. Can you hear us? Yep. And I'm not so getting the, feedback. There you oh, go. Okay. The feedback okay. is, was when we were talking. So, <clears throat> okay. So Lou and I were just speaking. As a matter of fact, Lou is mentioning how you kind of cater to a different sector than the regular. Uh, you got started in the craft beer industry. And I know I met you guys actually first at a farmer's market correct that's right i don't remember which farmer's market but you met us at one of the farmer's market we were doing at the time and um back then we were kind of just testing out all of our products through yep. the farmer's market um trying to see what stuck and what worked well and what everybody like the consumers liked and anything like that um it's been a long journey it's been awesome yeah we actually started with lou like, yeah he was, was just a... saying that oh <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Um, Yes, it's, it's it's wild to see everybody's journey. It's been where it's come from. Now, um, Denise, I uh, you heard our discussion obviously at the beginning because you've been on for a few minutes. Yeah. And Jason is on, and Lou is on, and we were talking about the new CBD regulations. Now, I noticed from your products that you don't do a lot of Delta Eight and stuff like uh, the the. Uh, hemp derived THC products. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. I kind of just focus on uh, CBD and CBG right now, um, only because it's much more easier to manage. And I'm not really sure what goes into Delta 8 sometimes, you know. Right, 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 right. Very true. That's Very a good true. point, because a lot of people don't understand that most Delta 8 is synthesized. Right. It doesn't actually come from the hemp. It does. But it's not the THC that comes from CA, CBD. Um, it's actually made from CBD, correct? And I think it was you who was yeah. explaining to me that the amount you get wouldn't be enough to supply the market. That's right. why they synthesize it. Yeah, it's and it was a workaround yeah. in the yeah. very beginning. 
Right. You know, so that was a workaround. And there are a lot of, and this is one of those topics that it's tough. It is tough. Um, because I do use CB, I, I do use Delta A person. You know what I mean? So I've seen effects of it. I've seen good batches of Delta A. I've seen bad batches of Delta A. I've seen that the hemp derived THC, you know, I've gotten, when we do our extract, we get a ton of hemp derived Delta 9. You know what I mean? Because when if you're under the 3% and you're harvesting, hundred thousand pounds, you know, three percent is a lot. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And so you don't have to synthesize it, but also your focus no. is more on mainly CBD, Lou. I, I most of your products, correct? Yeah, now all of our products are made with isolate. Um, if it's so not this- a smokable flower, all of our products are made with isolate, just because. As we extracted it down, it was just easier to store, and I needed a long-term uh, say, uh, storage option because I I wasn't selling anything. Realistically, we were getting beat over the head by a lot of people. So, and that was the problem from two years ago on the hemp side. It was it was unsustainable to be able to even store or hold or manage because Colorado had dropped their prices so far down that. You know, how do you compete with some of those price points? You know, the there was the there was a crash in the CBD space, you know, so I had to go from storing flour to storing distillate to now just extracting it out to individual compounds, you know, because you can't let it sit there for two years. Then it expires. So you have to create the next part of it. And that becomes that manufacturing portion. And it's tough because. The manufacturers always got the short end of the stick, realistically, you know, so. Yeah, it's it's, true. It's tough. Now, Denise, you you kind of focused on holistic stuff, too. I was looking at your list of products and actually you have more non-CBD products than you do CBD products. So, I mean, is that how you got started before CBD became legal? Were you always doing that? Yeah, so I dabbled in like essential oils, uh, specific blends for different uh, needs and things. And I started with that. And then along with uh, specific solves for different purposes, um, I focus, I mainly focus on like the skin healing process and just anything more natural versus taking like a an Advil or anything like that over the counter. We just want to provide something more natural for everybody. Right, oh, right. I also yeah. want to throw out there because sometimes uh, it's, it's very important in Connecticut because it's the school of it's the state of regulations. They are <laughs> licensed to create uh, beautician and skincare products. So that's a completely different license in the state that's necessary as well. And not many people have that. So when you start thinking about some of the products that they're using, you understand that they are licensed to all do these things and th- those licenses aren't cheap so technically they are licensed as a large manufacturer of skincare products not just uh cbd items so that's where that's I, I also wanted to, to give a shout out to you guys are working with mushrooms as well not yeah not i saw that psilocybin yeah. Mushrooms, yeah. But you've been doing kimboches and chitagas and all this other mix of things that i don't understand <laughs> do you do turkey tail mushroom Turkey Tinks tail, chaga, shiitake, reishi, lion's mane. Lion's mane. Uh, is it? I feel like I'm going to talk to you off air. I'm going to get some stuff from you. Yeah, basically, we try to have. So, so um, okay, very, very good. CBD are very, very key ingredients, but they're part, like, there's a lot of different things that go into the products. So, yeah. trying to cover those different systematic needs for your body. Yeah, I think people should check out your website, lunawolf.com, for your products. But um, let's talk a little bit about the shop. You you just recently picked up a space. How long have you had Luna's Cauldron on uh, Captain's Cove? I believe this year is three years. Um, we started when um, we actually just started coming here after leaving a farmer's market. And then I just said to TJ, maybe we should look into getting one of these little huts and seeing like what would happen and um it's been three years so far and I, I enjoy it every summer it's always an adventure you get to meet people from long island that take the ferry over or that florida. have boats that actually travel from florida up the coast and back down just because it's nice weather now um 
Yeah. Yeah. For people who don't know, um, if they're not familiar with the Bridgeport area, Captain's Cove is like a tourist spot with a lot of, it's like a, a pier with a lot of different little restaurants. We could show you a quick outskirt, but it's a little rainy. Now, but hold on. Yeah. Oh, you're near it. So this is oh, you're there. Oh, wow. There we go. It's a beautiful little so place. She's next to the lighthouse. Oh, cool. So this is her shop. Oh, there it is. Well, look at that. We can't get much better than that. It's raining there, too, huh? It's raining here, too. Yeah. Uh, really, that's weird, right? But it is. Um, so, all right, we're talking about mushrooms. And there are two questions I have. Jason, you want to come on for a second? Speaking of mushrooms, there was a bill up for mushrooms. How did that do? I don't think it passed. Really? Yeah, and like when I went through the, I mean, there was a lot of random numbers that were read, like when we were actually waiting time, you know, minute by minute, but I'm pretty sure that the psilocybin bill did not pass. Wow. It did not get called for a vote. I could be wrong on that one, though. Wow. So really, the only cannabis it did bill not that get called, that did not get called. And so that's the only thing, thing we... that passed was this big omnibus cannabis bill. <laughs> pretty much. Wow. And, and come on. They, they didn't look at anything else. It's it's a plan thing. And once again, this goes back to what Jason said. This was definitely profits over people. And yeah. um, because they didn't call these things. And Matt, our neighbors to the north have really been passing some aggressive laws with um, with psilocybin mushrooms. And it's 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 almost unfathomable about how quick I believe the mushroom decrim medicinal recreational whatever happens um is going to happen in comparison to the amount of time it took for cannabis. Took legalization yet yeah. took you know? seven years in connecticut and more if you want to count the medical fight um, this is this is something that's huge uh jason has really been on the forefront of a lot of these conversations as well so if some point we can pick your brain on what's going on in the sure. psilocybin world yeah, yeah. I'd like to do a whole episode. Let's get you and another psilocybin person on. And yeah. let's talk about the laws and then talk about the, the medical and the and the benefits of it. And we'll do a whole grow, show. Right? And the how home you, grow. We'll do a whole show. How do you legislate that. home grow for something that uh, isn't measured in plant count? Right. Like you can't say, oh, you grow six mushrooms. That doesn't actually work when it comes to psilocybin. You have to be weight. <laughs> Very it? true. But you start getting into like weight of mycelium and stuff. It also like just doesn't make sense. Uh, you know, as far as a legislative solution to how home grow goes, you could uh specifically say you could only have a certain amount of dried fruiting bodies on you at any particular time, right? But the thing is the mycelium itself isn't going to have very much psilocybin, right? And right. so how, how you would measure, you know, four, 16. What about canopy? What about right? like, size? What if you say, well, you can only on have a six by six. Um, you could, right. You could be as far as like square footage that is allowed. Um, and people will get creative with how to do that. Right. But well, yeah, that's definitely it's like so six like, plants can be a lot more than, you know, you can use your sock drawer. <laughs> Now, yeah. do you guys grow your own mushrooms for your thing? Because I've, I've tried to grow a bunch of different mushrooms, uh, yeah. successfully yeah. and unsuccessfully. Uh, but we we utilize local mushroom farmers in Connecticut. Uh, we have a few uh, from Stanford to upstate, um, and we try to. That's something that like you don't have to go too crazy wow. in distance. Well, that's good can... because um, right, it's not just. It's not just psilocybin we're talking here. So these are medicinal. But it also right? depends on the nutrition that the that the mushrooms are being fed to. That like if we're talking psilocybin, it's the same thing as regular mushroom. Other other mushrooms, it's the nutrition base that it's getting. So you can have a great looking grow of psilocybin mushroom, but if you didn't add the right nutrients, it's not going to do anything. But it'll still meet the weight re requirement that they're going to put on. So it. Oh, it's it really like growing was. bad weed. Like you can grow yeah. your own weed, but it could only have 10% THC, right? Because you don't, yeah. I, I get you. No, I, I get you. <laughs> and most people actually clip their bud before anything. So before it gets too high in THC too. So <laughs> that's how it ends up. So it's the same thing. It's an educational process. If you, anybody, you know, let's say weed, anybody can try and grow weed, but grow good weed is another story. Same yeah. thing with mushrooms. Anybody can try and grow mushrooms. You can buy kits on Amazon 
right? And then, you know, they don't tell you what kind of mushrooms you can grow. We all know what people are doing in there. Um, but they don't tell you how to grow good batches of mushrooms that are going to have the effects that you want. Well, I, I would say YouTube is always your best friend out of all of this. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's how the I University of YouTube. Until yeah. they start censoring That's it. a slippery slope. YouTube is tough. <laughs> yeah, we should oh, open up a video are. platform where that's all we do. Willie's Mike is pretty good. But, you know, there's definitely lots of considerations of how we want to talk about it, right? What we are pushing for, what we accept, what we won't accept. We start talking about medicinal use, right? Like there's obviously lots of conversations about how medicinal mushrooms can be helpful for different types of ailments that are actually already approved in a lot of different ways. Like Connecticut did pass yeah. uh, access for veterans to be using uh, psilocybin therapy and within the broader drug policy space, both MDMA and psilocybin are working their way through FDA approval. And so it is highly likely that the FDA approval will happen before decrim of these drugs happens. And that may be on purpose by the folks that want to control access to that medicine, but it's becoming more accepted even faster than cannabis in a lot of places. And so because yeah. it's a bit of a different political background and because the psychedelic movement was much more attached to the hip with veterans and have more Republican support, there's simply less opposition to it in a lot of cases. It's a matter of just like our criminal justice bill, getting it up on the agenda where it's important enough. And it's clear that there wasn't public upswell around this. I think a lot of folks were very surprised to see it like moving through. So but fast, yeah. In, in order for it to actually happen and happen in a way that we want, there has to be one, right? We do have to draft our own bill in the same way that we drafted- The cannabis bill, yeah. We have to come with our own thing. What does homegrown mean to us? What does medicinal use look like? What does licensing look like? Right. There's all kinds of different pieces of it. And even in the decrim or whatever the first step bill is, maybe we'll say, right, we probably won't get all the way to recreational, but it is something we have to start talking about. Right. Is it going to be governed and you know regulated by DCP? Right. Like there's a lot of different questions that we have to start talking about now, knowing also that psilocybin is a more powerful molecule than THC. Right. Like if somebody takes far too much psilocybin, it is a much more intense experience. It's only then let's yeah. take that for, one for step further. Or worse, right? Jason, but, yeah. Jason, just as we continue going now, we've seen this become legal and regulated from for medicinal use on the West Coast. Can you kind of shine some light onto some of the costs that are being associated with it? Yeah. yeah and Oregon. Yeah, I saw like, that. $5,000 for a one-eighth treatment, so an eighth of mushrooms. What? But it's, you know, you're paying for the therapy. So let's like make it very clear that what um, Lou is expressing is in Oregon, they had measure 109 that allowed yeah. for psilocybin therapy that was going to create a whole licensing structure with clinical therapists. Like it's a very, you know, intentionally- Just like they did the studies here at Yale. That's how they did them. Right, but even now, like, in Connecticut, when we passed medicinal marijuana, you could go to a doctor and get it. You didn't have to consume it in front of the doctor, right? No. As in Oregon, you consume the mushrooms in a clinical setting with a therapist. Yeah, and they so talk you through is, your experience. Exactly. So you're paying $5,000 for the therapy. <laughs> and it happens to have mushrooms attached to it, right? The mushrooms so you, have you have to buy separately from, from a dispensary, too. <laughs> Uh, Bring your own mushroom. We're know, just going to charge you five grand for the therapy. I'm living in the wrong state. Yeah, I don't think you have to bring the mushrooms outside in Oregon. I have to double check on that one because I do think that they are allowed to give you the mushrooms that they have. Wow. But, so but see what regulation and over government can do. Yeah, it's, sure. it's impossible to govern this, though. They mushrooms. It's, it's a lot harder oh. than 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 uh than hemp or cannabis anything like that uh, mushrooms you can find hallucinogenic mushrooms just roaming through the woods if you know what you're looking for oh yeah here you can sure. find them right but here in puerto rico you can't regulate it like it's not so much the regulation of the existence of mushrooms it's the regulation of the um business aspect of the mushrooms and how that interacts with the public right and so it's going to regulate how they can be sold, purchased, harvested, all of those kinds of things, right? It's not going to impact what happens in the woods. And so, but that being said, it does matter what the decriminalization aspects are, right? If there's no decrim, then you could still be given a felony for harvesting mushrooms from the woods, but it's legal to pay $5,000 to get therapy, right? And that's where we're headed. 
and it's really frustrating to me. And I know we only got four minutes left, so I'm not going to get too angry about it. But if we let the psychedelic space become over-medicalized and not go through the decrim process, that's what we're going to end up with. You know, shrooms for the rich, felonies for the poor. Yeah, or insurance and they're doctors. Not, they're not yeah. um, going through the same process. They're going through the FDA approval, which is a different thing. It does not have to be decriminalized to get FDA approval. And so if we're not careful, that's the direction we're going to see it. And Pfizer will be giving out little blue pills of psilocybin, but still keep all the criminalization on the books. Yeah. So we got, like Jason said, we got about four minutes left. I wanted to give uh, Wolfie and Denise a minute to give out all your social media, your websites. I know you guys are doing two events this weekend. One is at Two Roads, right? Yeah, and, and I think is... the, other one, the other one is at Nebco. I'll post that as well. Okay, yeah, um, so, post that um, under the show. But tell us a little bit, how can we get in touch with you? Where can they find your products? All that kind of stuff. You got it. Social media, you can find me on Luna's Cauldron underscore and then Luna Queen Alpha as well as um, Luna Wolf Shop is my new website or you can find me on Luna Queen Alpha. LunaWolfShop.com is, oh, yeah. is her, is the Luna Wolf website. Shop. And Luna's yeah. Cauldron has a, uh, a site too where you can see all the events. Correct. And, you know, pictures of the store and everything. So um, good, good. And they can find you on all social media, find you this weekend at Two Roads. Yep. And um, it was. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll be at Two Roads this Saturday for the Summerfest. And then uh, Father's Day this Sunday, I'll be at Nebco, a New England, New England Brewing Co. in Woodbridge. I believe is- that's from 12 to 5. And you've been finding a lot of success in that uh, craft brew community there, right? That's how you got started, and you're, you're oh, growing yeah. right out of there. Yeah, literally. It. It's great. Um, we, support uh, the communities we, that support you, right? Oh, always, always. <laughs> I love it. No, see, this that was very ingenious of you to, to go to the farmer's markets and do it different than everybody else. So I really like that. Um, and then it gives it an air of exclusivity about your products. But now people know they can go to the craft brew fair and find your things and maybe help the craft brewers get some business. So, yeah, of course. And, and that uh, is a good festival there. Are, I know Bohemian High does that one, too. So they're cannabis friendly over there at Two Roads. That much I know. Um, all right. Great. I guess got the word that we have 40 seconds less. Jason, do you want to give a quick shout out? ssdp.org ssdp.org shout out to all the freedom fighters still trying to decrim stuff we got people still in jail that should always be our focus but thank you to luna and wolfman because i know you're all part of the solution so thank you all for all you do peace jason i want to have you got you on back very soon to go over federal and we'll do the psilocybin stuff harry says to say bye bye you can find lou on facebook you know where to follow him lou you got your last word please tell them Yes, I'll have to say it. Stay happy. Stay happy and high. <laughs> Come on, Joe, say it with me. Stay it happy. Me, stay high. happy, healthy, and high. That's there right, bro. All right. You can follow me, Joe the Weed Guy, on Facebook and Instagram. Also, Greenhaven Media on both. Thank you guys for coming on. I can't wait to get Thank back you. to Connecticut and see you guys down at Captain's Cove. Have a great day, everybody. Remember, we won't be on the air next week. Happy Juneteenth. I was going to get up and find the bloom, but then I got high. Uh, My room is still messed up, and I know why. Why, man? Yeah, hey.